I would say it probably took me three to four years into our church plant to kind of come to the realization that uh, I'm not God's gift, you know, to the region I'm in, to the okay. people I'm in yes. front of me. I am a servant. And uh, what I've been asked to do is to serve by explaining and exposing Jesus through the text. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 43. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. On this episode, I talk with Neil Spencer, who you would have heard in our previous episode, um, episode 42, um, as he kind of explained a bit about what inductive Bible study is and how to do it. Well, that's kind of some of his message. Um, here, you're going to get to know him as, as the man. And so, in this conversation that we had after a very, very, very long day that started at like 4 a.m. and didn't stop until, until um, long after the sun had gone down, but um, towards the end of the day, we sat down and we talked about um, sermon preparation, uh, mistakes um, that we made earlier in ministry. We talked about the importance of not overcooking or overstimulating or overinforming um, the people that listen to us preach. And uh, just a good, engaging conversation. But uh, towards the last 10 minutes, we talk about leadership and capacity and the myth of the high-capacity leader. Uh, some people think, and I used to think, that there's some that are just born better at doing certain things than others. And in this conversation, in some real honest moments, uh, Neil explains that that isn't necessarily so. So, I know you're going to enjoy, to be enriched, and to be challenged by our conversation. So, I'll talk to you at the end. Enjoy the episode. Okay, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. Neil, how are you? Doing very well. Honored to be with you and to be on the Expositors Collective Podcast. Yeah. Hey, you're, you're a fan, aren't you? I'm a fan. I think I have listened to at least 80% of the podcasts you've produced, and they're just a joy. Wow. I, I love them. Um, I didn't... Can I ask you... The, what if, what's one you've enjoyed? What's you, your favorite? What's my favorite? There's this guy that did one with his friend from Bible college on Christ-centered preaching. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know him. But no, that, that was such a great um, resource, and I do believe that it's not something that is trendy or new or just kind of a fresh approach to teaching. It is something that um, is rooted in the very nature of who Jesus is all throughout Scripture. So that's just a refreshing thing to approach scripture with that kind of paradigm. And I believe you and, and Charlo did such a wonderful job just explaining that. And um, I've also loved the interviews that you've done with various preachers like Ray Bentley. Yeah. And, oh, um, yeah. yeah. And then Evan, Evan Wickham on the, the community-focused approach to preparation. I just found that very illuminating yeah. and um, just very intriguing and thought-provoking. So I just love the, uh, the variation and uh, all the content you guys have produced. It's been wonderful. Hopefully, yeah. I can contribute something. I'm, you already have. I, I appreciate those affirming words. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm in Florida. I'm actually leaving um, early tomorrow morning. Um, mm-hmm. Here we are, uh, late into the night on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. It's actually 7.45, but like... But we've been up. It feels. Yeah. This feels so late. <laughs> yeah. When your days are full, you only can think of the present. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> well... 
the reason why we're even together in the same state is because mm-hmm. um, we participated in the most recent Expositors Collective training weekend mm-hmm. in Bradenton. Um, this has been your first one attending? Yes, um, first time. You taught a session on yes. inductive Bible study. I mean, how did it go? You know, I thought it's a um, it's such a wonderful experience to be able to share and to also just spend time with young men and women who have a heart to preach and teach God's Word. So to be able to go over such a simple but simply profound and well use tool like inductive Bible study is an honor. Um, I approached it with kind of these uh, four P's. What is that called? Alliteration or something. Uh, just the fact that we I need to have... a fan. Yes, I am a fan. Yes. Uh, John Corson, Warren Wearsby, shout out to those boys. But, um, you know, just with this kind of a focus that we must have the right perspective, the right prayer, the right program, and the right purpose in order to effectively do inductive Bible study. The perspective that it's all about God and it's not about us. The prayer that, God, I need you. The the program to observe, interpret, and apply. And just the purpose that this is truly to bring truth to a culture that is listening to a variation of preachers of a certain message. And we have the truth. And so uh, it was wonderful. Such a great thing. Thank you for bringing it to our state. Uh, I believe it's going to produce great fruit into the lives of the men and women who participated. Uh, wonderful. And and so you had your your upfront time. Yes. And what about your group time? Yeah. Yeah. Such a great thing that you guys have constructed for it to be relationally um, oriented. And so we had five to six guys with us. Most of them were from the state of Florida. Most of them were in their early 20s and are involved in varying degrees of ministry. Um, and I really did love the opportunity to hear them after an evening of preparation, come and give a 10-minute message after hearing some of the principles and lessons from the main sessions and from the breakout sessions. And so it was wonderful. In fact, there's two to three guys that I plan to stay connected with and uh, just to hopefully be able to offer, at least at the very least, a sounding board as they prepare messages and continue to grow in their skill set and calling to preach and teach God's Word. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. All my guys were from Florida as well. Just great, mm-hmm. great local um, guys, many of whom are involved yes. in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, one of whom is like in the process of, um, I guess, planting a church. Mm. And yeah, so glad to help and encourage and mm-hmm. upskill um, some guys that are there in the midst already. Mm. Um, hey, so speaking of young guys getting mm-hmm. started in ministry, um, why don't you tell us about your first sermon? That's a really good question. Um, I, I have to be honest and say that I really do not recall my first summer. And this is why. There is a why. I, I'm raised in a pastor's home. Okay. And so uh, since the age of three, my father planted a Calvary chapel in a very small town known as Gulf Breeze, Florida. And I found myself, as I can recall, a chaplain in my private high school and you know did different things in our youth group. But I do remember the first meaningful message I ever gave. Meaningful okay. to me. Okay, okay. And it was actually in Bible college yes. in our inductive Bible study course. Really? Really? I had... Full circle. Full huh? circle. Isn't that interesting? Uh, I was in a group with a dear friend of mine from the Seattle area, another guy from Escondido. And in that setting, we were doing the same thing you had us do this week with the expositors, just preparing messages and giving them. And I had Psalm 23, verse 1. Yeah. And I must have listened to just anyone I could get my hands on. At that time, we're talking about, well, maybe not tapes, but yeah. there were no podcasts or, right. you know. But yeah, I do remember that message. And I remember being so nervous because... uh 
Brad Lambert, who was uh, facilitating the course, was watching and listening to everything I said. And then there were a handful of people that then had to preach and teach their message in front of the whole class. Okay. And so, as my story would go, I was mm. one of those guys. And to be very honest, I'm a very insecure, shy person. So to have to do that at the age of 18, 19, it, was, it rocked my world to have to stand in front of people and open up God's word. Um, so it was meaningful to me because it was kind of like facing that fear. Yeah. Um, so very meaningful to me. Yeah. Uh, did it go okay? Were you eaten alive? According by the to the hearers, okay. it went well. Yeah. Uh, and I think at that time they were like even like allowing people to maybe reference the teachings at the library or something. Like you could go check it out. And okay. I heard people say, yeah, we went and checked out your message. And I'm like, why, why did you do that? Oh. But um, so, it, you know, according to the response, but for me before the Lord, it was just this thing where, you know, I don't know how transparent we want to get, but I had gone through a season in my life where my love for the Lord had, had waxed cold and Bible college was a rekindling of that. And so to even be able to like open God's word and to be able to share that, um, was very meaningful for me just to uh, to be able to be trusted with that um, that calling. Uh, it meant very much to me to be able to share that one message. And even though it wasn't my first, it was definitely the most meaningful for me. Um, so it went well for me because it helped me face a fear and it yeah. helped me to just, um, in some way, you know, preaching I have heard often is an act of worship. And uh, for me, it was a, an act of worship just to say thank you for... Wow you know, at least doing something meaningful with my life. So yeah, I, it was meaningful to me. Wow. Okay. Now, now you've been preaching and teaching a lot since then sure, in, those, yes. in those, what, 17 years since so then? So I would have been 19 and I'm 37 today. So close to 18, I think. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, ha- have you taught Psalm 23 again? Y- yes, I have. Um, yeah, I've preached it at funerals. I've, yeah. I've preached it on uh, se- sermon series. Like we do sermon series things, you know, kind of punny, but Psalmer time and during the summertime. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, yes, preach Psalm 23. But I-, I can't tell you, even in some of those very meaningful uh, settings, like an infant who, you know, only took a few breaths and um, a dear friend of mine who took her own life and um, these meaningful settings. The one I remember is yeah. that first one at Bible okay. College. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask that question. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, I'm I'm glad that he has shepherded you. Yeah, it's um, been up until this day. Yeah, me too. Very grateful. And what was it? Is it Jacob in, at the end of Genesis that says the Lord's been my shepherd? The, the years have been long and hard, and the Lord's been my shepherd. Hmm. I'll take your word for that. Will. Yeah. Put it in the show notes, <laughs> the actual <laughs> reference. Yeah. Um, hey, so I guess as a teacher and preacher, I guess mm-hmm. you've been handling God's word from a, from a very young age, mm. um, probably with varying degrees of effectiveness. Yes, and, sir. Um, how, how, what do you think is the biggest growth in the area of teaching and preaching? For me personally? Yeah, for you personally. Oh, yeah. Um, or maybe what's, what's something you used to do that you yeah. consciously stopped doing? Man, great question. I overcook things. Okay. Okay. You know, like physically, like I'm a terrible cook. <laughs> well, thank God for my beautiful bride. But then honestly, like just this sense that when I was presented to, okay, Neil, teach Psalm 23, verse 1. Okay, well, I have to know everything there is ever been written or ever known, or I have to examine the text in my desire to present something that's faithful to God's word. And I don't know that I really did have this simple understanding that I'm called to share a truth from God's word, from his word, which never changes, but specific for the audience to whom I'm sharing it with. Not to give yeah. the perfect um, sermon, but to speak to his people through his word. So th- I know that may sound a little ambiguous, but it's simply this. 
to not overcook it and to really kind of get the um, the verba and the vox of the scripture, both in the study, but then also in connection with the people I'm ministering to and from the Lord. Um, so I think that's been a big one for me um, and just trying to narrow down what is my goal. You know, okay. My goal is to obviously bring glory to the Lord, but to minister to the people in such a way where they can receive what I'm giving out. And if I'm giving out a buffet of information, right. all we have right. is time for the drive through then um, I'm not really serving them well. And so that was just such a release for me because yeah. I, I have a tendency to put too much pressure on myself. And so that may be one area that I've grown personally. Do, um, when did you decide that? Oh, that's a great question. It took me years in our church plant to figure that out. Okay. Because uh, like you'd mentioned, you know, from the age of 18, 19, I've been involved in varying degrees of ministry platforms, but planting a church eight years ago um, and just beginning to go through books of the Bible, um, it was laborious for me. Um, it was a love-hate thing, and I say that with, you know, <laughs> but um, I would say it probably took me three to four years into our church plant to kind of come to the realization that uh, I'm not God's gift, you know, to the region I'm in, to the okay. people I'm in yes. front of me. I am a servant. And uh, what I've been asked to do is to serve by explaining and exposing Jesus through the text and uh, to keep it that simple. And um, I don't know that there was an aha moment, or okay. but it was this kind of thing that progressed over time and... Um, you know, started to be kind of freed from having to feel like I had to listen to every man I ever respected who spoke on the text and every commentary that, yes. and just kind of find, you know, a handful and, but really spend more time in prayer and in also relationship with the people I pastor. Hey, um, yeah. So that's maybe one for me and how it worked out. Wonderful. Yes. That's, I mean, I, I, I get excited about research. I get excited about reading, um, listening, but those, those two final ingredients that you were saying, I think are, are, can I say just as, mm. if not more? Mm. Uh, it's hard to quantify them. Well, if I can speak to this, like I had an opportunity to be in a discipleship training school with um, Pastor John Corson in Applegate for a season. And one of the things that he said that just resonated with me, this I'm talking 12 years ago, but I can still, I feel like I can still hear his tone, that some of the, my best study time is in conversation time with the people I pastor. Yes. Because yeah. the Lord speaks to me what I need to be speaking to them. And obviously, we must sit in our chairs and do the work. Yes. But we also must sit with the people. Um, we aren't called to be monastic scholars as much as we're called to be faithful shepherds. And that requires time with the people. So, um, and as an introvert and one who is, can be insecure, um, that's not easy, but it is part of the calling. I yes. Think. Yeah. Well, from one insecure introvert yeah. to another, that <laughs> yeah. that, that means yeah. a lot. And and you know, I'm I'm probably the most comfortable mm. in my chair yes. with a stack of books. Yes. And there's a sense of accomplishment. Look, I went through this whole sure. stack of books. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And um, the, you know, the that's the. Um, the the informal, unplanned, non scripted conversations that take place mm. with people like that's that's a challenge. It is. Can I yeah. say that? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, like I just did. Yeah. But like, well, you did, but you can't control the human element. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? And you, so you like, never know what's coming. You next. never know. Um, yeah. Yeah. You could have a meeting about one thing, and then something else can just yep. come. Um, but but yeah, that is I guess a how we serve God's yes. people, yes. and then also that's that's God forming us to be the kind of preacher that can communicate in a way that connects with real life people. Yeah, I would agree with that. Not that we're just reading footnotes back and forth no, or, yeah. you know, well, so-and-so said this, but then yeah. this guy said that. 
We're called to shepherd people through God's word. You yeah. Know? So I think it's just a it's a, a great thing. Okay. Well, you know, um, so Neil, I've I've held you in high regard for oh. for many many years, and Yikes. don't act surprised. You know oh. that okay. <laughs> I've told you before. <laughs> okay. But um, so we we have been talking a lot mm. um, in the past. You know. We've been together for, yeah. for <laughs> not, we've been talking to each other nonstop for what you think, like 13, 14 hours. It feels, yeah. With, with like, with a, in a good way, it feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's actually been that way. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we've had levels of self disclosure. That's even, true. Even, we won't reveal here, but yes, yes, that's yes. True. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, so I hold you in in high regard because you are, you know, I think like a textbook, like high capacity mm. leader. You get stuff done. You have plans. You implement plans. Mm. Um, and you were saying that just because you're able to get a lot done doesn't mean that it comes easy. No, not at all. You want to you want to explain a bit about that? So the Apostle Paul, I think it was David Guzik that referenced this in our most recent Expositors Collective when he was talking about character of the expositor, character traits. And he made this statement about Paul, and it's a verse you can read in the Bible, that I labored more abundantly than they all. And like, whoa, you know, who says that? I yeah. mean, and who are they all? Is that, are you talking about Pete? Are you talking about John? Are you, not, not James, the brother, you know, yeah. like, who are you talking about there? Yeah, Bartholomew the chump. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, no you know, I, you know, you know, and some, there's always a why behind the what, right? And so in yes. my biology, I have grandfathers that were like, one was German, you know, and a master of tools and just modeled for me, you know, boy, you clean the tools, you, you do the work, you know. And then another one was, a, a, you know, years ago was a dairy farmer who's up at 3 a.m. and then turned into the marketing thing. And he developed the real signal, uh, you know, Cigna from uh, the 1980s that was on every kind of dairy product in the world. Um, his claim to fame is that he thought Got Milk was a bad program. Maybe we shouldn't podcast that, but just teasing. Okay. But anyway, long story short, um, work ethic has been something that's been modeled for me. Sure. Um, and I think that um, not being lazy, like it says in Romans chapter 12, is something that God's called us to. And so, yes, there may be, I don't know, people have said, but a high capacity element However, I do believe that if you want something that God's called you to do, you got to work for it. I mean, God always does his part, but he will not do your part for you. And I hope that's not heard with legalistic tone or ears, but simply that we work from our salvation in the mm. sense of, yeah. this is how I worship you, Lord, through through um, serving you and giving my very best. And um, man, if something looks easy, nine times out of ten, it's because there's been a tremendous amount of blood, sweat, and tears that have been sewn into that so that the fruit looks so pleasing. And so um, I'm so thankful that I get to do what I get to do, but it is work. And I love the work and I love the process. And um, I just love to surround myself like I'm doing in present company with people that are smarter than me so that I can learn because we're always ever the learner, never really ever the teacher. Uh, there's always something we can learn from someone or some experience. And so I just, I don't ever want to stop learning because when you stop learning, you're done. And I don't want to be done. Hmm. Um, hmm. And so I just want to keep learning, keep growing, keep um, keep just trying to, you know, serve out of a heart of just thankfulness and a heart of just been forgiven. And I, I don't deserve that. And uh, so I don't know, maybe digressing, but yeah, that, you know, maybe yeah. someone could look, oh, wow, high capacity or whatever. But man, really, um, the grace of God, the spirit of God, yeah. and maybe there's some upbringing there. I don't know, but... 
Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers that question, but that's yeah. all I know to say about that. Yeah, yeah okay. Well, well, speaking on, you know, let's say the other half. Okay. Um, I, I think that I have done myself a disservice, and others can do themselves a disservice when they look at, um, uh, let's say, a Neil Spencer mm. or or these other, let's say, older or more advanced people mm. that yeah that guys have come for us. Yeah. I, I use this label like, oh, you know, you know, again, oh, that's so high capacity leader. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, sure, yeah. Or um, you know, that that person just head and shoulders, right? And then I think I do myself a disservice when I just think, man. He must have got like really good DNA. Yeah. <laughs> and and here's the thing. Yeah. Like I'm not a eugenicist. Right. Yeah. I don't believe that some people are yeah. just like, you know, bred no. better and are yeah. able to do things. Um and and yeah, so so what you're saying is um it's a combination of like um spiritual gifts, it's a combination of mm. um the means of grace that we have and that your convinced that you need to like do the work behind the scenes mm-hmm. um to do the thinking to do the praying to do mm-hmm. the the work so that what can be hard for some mm-hmm. is hard for you mm-hmm. but you do yes. the, you, you do the hard things yes until it becomes easy yes yes and if it ever comes easy i'd be interested to meet that person who says that it does but mm. you know i was with uh daniel fusco just a few weeks ago and i and i hope i don't misquote him here but he said, you know, I really believe that Jesus destroys all false dichotomies in this sense that, like, it's either this or that. It's yes. uh, Quite often it's both and. But, you know, that, that verse in Jeremiah where um, the prophet says, no longer say our teeth are set on edge because our, our parents ate sour grapes. I just really believe that I'm responsible for me. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for the morning I've had, the afternoon and the evening that we're in. And I'm not promised any more than that. And I, I just... Um, I just want to give my best, you know, and uh, not to earn. I don't, I, I, I got what I earned for a season in my life, hell on earth. Mm-hmm. And um, I, that's what I deserve. And so everything I do, I do, I hopefully that Neil has died and it's now Christ who lives in me is what I would hope to be able to say. And um, I just really believe like, man, when you own the life that God's given you in a, in a healthy sense that you're a steward, but you, you take ownership in that yeah. sense that, well, it's not my parents or it's not this or this lack of opportunity or God, I'm going to do the very best with what you've given me right here, right now. And if that's all you ever give me, I'm stoked yeah. because I'm, no matter what happens today, I'm still headed to heaven, you know? So that mindset I think is just, um, it's helpful to say the least. Wow. Wow. Wonderful. Um, hey, hey, Neil, would would you pray for us? Oh, sure. Could you? Yeah. Would you end us in do prayer? That. We don't yeah. always end in prayer, but yeah, I, yeah, I love to pray for us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I feel that there could be there could be guys, girls with their their earbuds in right now, or they're they're driving and and they're just like, wow. Mm. So, would you lead us? In yeah, prayer? sure. Let's pray, Father. We do thank you so very much that we can come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, it's in that sweet and precious name that we find forgiveness and life and. Lord, all things pertaining to godliness is in found in you, Jesus. We just so are thankful that we are washed by you and covered by you. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to spend time with Mike and Lord to um to share just thoughts and musings and ideas. And Father, I just pray for any man or woman, young or old, listening to this content and processing it. And maybe just considering, Lord, what have you placed in my hand? And am I just am I wielding it? Am I Am I giving you my very best and just trusting you with the rest? Lord, am I, um, have I taken ownership for what you've given to me? And have I let go of what she said or what he did or what didn't work out and just accept where I am and by the grace of God move forward? Lord, I pray that over the listeners. Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, 
you would just rebuild and restore and refresh them. And knowing that truly their best days are ahead, it's not a cliche, Lord, it's the truth. We're headed to heaven. We can keep our head up and we can give you our very best. So, Lord, for these that listen to the the Expositors Collective, I pray that you would raise up a generation of men and women who herald and preach and teach the Word of God faithfully, fruitfully, and Lord, that they would have fun doing it because it is truly a tremendous joy. And God, that you would open up doors of opportunity that no man could open. And Lord, that you would just bless those who have a heart to preach and teach your word. Bless them, we pray. In the wonderful, powerful, sweet, and precious name, the only name that can conquer sin, death, and the grave. And that's the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Neil. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Neil, for your time, for your friendship, for this conversation, uh, for your transparency, and for your prayer as well. Well, I hope that this episode and that everything that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you grow in your personal Bible study and your public proclamation of God's Word. All right, God bless. See you next Tuesday.